Um, so I figure we'll just kind of keep it honestly when we were researched like trying to figure out what direction we wanted to take this podcast we were like well there's like a million different things that I feel like we could talk to you about between yeah. <laughs> Squarespace and small business and um, networking and all this stuff so we were like let's just have a conversation and see where it goes and yeah not plan it out too much um the only thing I'll say is we're house sitting for my parents right now and the do- and their dogs and they're everywhere so if they start to go crazy and bark as they often do we'll just like take a beat and then yeah (laughs) restart so that we can cut it out and post edit um but yeah I'm I'm excited to be talking to you I don't know should we like well should we do yeah yeah just like intro again a little bit I think it would be best to start with just hearing you, Elizabeth. I know you talked to us a little bit on the phone earlier, but just going over how you got into web development. I did a little research on you and it sounded like you started in like 2006-ish and you got into coding and you started with hand coding websites just from scratch. But how, how did you get to where you are today from there? I actually started in 2000. 2000, wow. Okay, yeah. so... <laughs> So you are an expert. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I started when I was 14, and I took an HTML class at a library. It was free, and I just loved it. And my parents were like, cool, can you make a living at that? And I was like, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Practical so questions like, for your 14-year-old. Right. And so they're like, okay, well, I guess you can go to college for it, but you have to pay for it yourself. So I was like, all right. (laughs) Really? Um, For coding? I get like today, that's like, that is the best thing you could do. That's so interesting. Yeah. And like, we got one of those books that was like, here are the salaries for all the jobs in the world, you know, and Mm -hmm. you look it up and like at the library in an actual book of like paper. And it was like, you know, starting was like, 30,000 to 50,000 and my parents were like okay that's pretty good that's pretty good (laughs) so so yeah so I I did that and I did my degree and and then I worked as a software developer for a year I hated it it was awful it was awful where did you work I worked at a small software development firm in Ohio where I'm from and Mm. I was an access database developer Ooh, that's that's interesting. That's exactly where I got my start as well. I did. I built an access database um, when I lived in Haiti for a little bit. That's it's it's not a not a great system. It's, I didn't really like no, it. No, it's it's really like if you can do that, you can do anything kind of yeah. thing. Um, it worked for the company that I worked for. I had a, as a client a funeral home. Well, it wasn't a funeral home. It was a company that made hearses. And so they used the database to basically cut open a car, like a regular Escalade. They'd cut it open mm-hmm. and then they would save all the parts and they would say what parts, because if they got in a wreck or something happened, they had to like document everything. And so they were using access to do that. So it was really, really oh. interesting, but it was like really, really awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds pretty monotonous. Yeah. Um, and then I decided that um, I wanted to move and my parents were moving and I was like, I'm going to go to Florida. it'll be awesome and I came here and I was just like I don't know what to do like I had little jobs here and there but I didn't actually have anything because I knew I didn't want to go back to software developing so my mom was like you know what you have to do something just pick two things you like and just go do that in what year give me time frame what year was this this? was 07 okay and I said two things I like okay I like old people and I like computers that's exactly what I told her there we go, Florida. I hear it's got a lot of old right. people down there. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, go find where those two things exist and just tell them you'll do the job, whatever job it is that consists of those two things. So I just started calling senior centers and telling them that I would teach their computer classes. Like, hey, do you have a computer lab? Yes. Okay. Do you have anyone that teaches classes? Yes or no. And then I would say, well, for this much money per hour, I will teach a class and blah, blah, blah. And they were what like, was oh. your, just out of curiosity, what was your, what, do you remember what your hourly rate was when you were just like, the first one that I did was, um, 15 an hour. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we all start somewhere, yeah. right? But that's, I mean, honestly, I feel like most people start just by volunteering. At least you were yeah. asking for some kind of compensation right off the bat. I think that's huge. Yeah, I, I had, since I had already worked as a developer and I knew what kind of money like I could make, I knew that this wasn't going to be anywhere near that, but I knew mm-hmm. that I didn't want to do it for free because every, like all the other people who were teaching were doing it for free. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought, these guys are getting grant money. Like, I was already business-minded. Like, okay, these people are getting grant money. They can pay me something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. So I was like, and, okay. So, yeah, I just wanted uh, to did that. And then I started getting, like, recruited out by other senior centers that heard about me. And then they were like, no, she's ours on Tuesdays. You can't have her on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Wait, so you were teaching coding to seniors? No, I was teaching how to do email, how to uh, do okay. document. <laughs> that stuff, it's still relevant today. I feel like someone can make a great business out of doing that still today. How to work an I had, iPhone. I had I did those classes, how to use yeah. your iPad, um, how to take photos with your digital camera. That was my best my best classes actually. Oh, I bet. Um and people started telling me, well, my computer doesn't do that, or my com- my camera doesn't download my pictures into my computer. And at that time everybody had desktops. And so I was like, Well, you can't lug it in here for me to help you. So I'll come to your house, but I charge and I was like, hmm, what's a huge amount? Thirty-five dollars an hour. <laughs> <laughs> People were like, absolutely, you will come to my house. And I figured, you know, it's little old people. What are they going to do? I'm not going to get like, you know, kidnapped or murdered. Or sure. Anything. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> so, safe. Pretty safe. Pretty safe. Right. So, um, and most of the time it was, it was I had a few like close calls. But it's pretty Did you crazy. really? Okay. Can yeah. you, do you, are you able to tell <laughs> one of those there stories? Was, dangerous old person. <laughs> there was this couple that lived on the beach and they lived in this high rise. And the wife had a friend who was unlike any person I'd ever met before at this point in my life. And it was um, a transgender person, like one of the first people I'd ever seen like that. Like this is like before it kind of became more of a mainstream concept. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, who is this person? Like, I, this is so freaking crazy. Like, I didn't even know what to think. Like, I just sat there like, I'm working on the computer. Don't, don't mind me, you know? <laughs> and the wife and the husband were fighting. And the, the friend was like on the wife's side. And then the husband was kind of like, fighting with both of them like yelling back and forth and i'm just sitting there like um i think i'm done with your computer (laughs) (laughs) what a weird situation to be in yeah it was very very strange that was like one of the weirdest like most of my clients were amazing and they always like give me food and like you know hey do you want tickets to something i've got tickets to tpc or you know like just like random little fun things that they would always like help me out with but yeah. Um, the craziest one on the opposite end of that was I had a client who worked with me and she ended up taking me to New York for a week as like, Oh, that's amazing. Year. So Fun. yeah. So it was like a really cool thing that happened. <laughs> Wait, but the people that were fighting, they were just like having it out while you were there to work on yes. the computer. And I was in the same room the whole time. Like they didn't like, like take it to another part of the house. They just like, have do, it you, out right there. do you remember <laughs> what they were fighting about? I honestly was so freaked out. I cannot remember. <laughs> You're just ready to just get like, out of there. Head, okay, I'm gonna head down. I'm just working. I'm just working. <laughs> yeah. You'll well, get like that's like such that. a yeah, yeah, and that's such a very real, um, like literal portrayal of what it is like when you go out on your own and start your business because you just never know. I mean, no one yeah. has any idea what they're getting themselves into. The best laid business plans, and it usually is the ones that have the great big business plans that fall apart the most because yeah. the more you plan, <laughs> the more it's not gonna happen the way you planned it. <laughs> Um, so tell us how did you transition from that to what you're doing now? What are you doing now? Well, I'm mainly a website designer now and I had started out that way, obviously with HTML coding and getting my degree in website design and and development. Um, and then the software thing kind of just happened. Um, and from there, you know, coming to Florida was, it was a huge shift and I didn't want to do software. So I just kind of did websites on the side. It wasn't like a really a main thing for me, but I always kept up with it. I always had my own website. Um, I had my website for my business that I was running, you know, the computer consulting business that I was running. And so I would always, you know, run into some business people, but around 2011, 2012, um, I, I came in contact with someone who was doing business networking and I'd never heard of business networking. I didn't know what a networking group was. I'd never heard of like BNI or anything like that. And it was kind of funny because that once I went to a, a, you know, event, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like my people. These are my, (laughs) these are all the people I've been trying to find and looking for because business networking is a huge part of my life now, just because I love it so much. And I know that like I can do it really well. Like I'm really good at it. So I decided to start going to more business networking events and I started finding more business owners who needed websites and who needed marketing. And, and I already had this background in it and I was doing it for myself. 
And I just realized that there was a huge market for it. And so I started to kind of split the business and do like a 60-40 split. Then it became a 50-50 split. And then it started to turn more because the more networking I did, um, it started to turn more business related rather than residential. And so after 10 years of doing the residential, so in 2017, I completely sold that side of the business to another entrepreneur who wanted to do the residential. And I just went strictly with my business clients. Um, and after I had started networking in 2012, you know, I decided that I wanted to make a name for myself with networking and use it for a purpose. And I, I wanted to be one of the most well-known people in, in Jacksonville in, in my city. Mm. So I networked every day for a year, three times a day. Ooh. Okay. What does that mean though? You <laughs> yeah. networked. Yeah. Three times I a went day. to a networking meeting, breakfast, lunch, and evening three times a day, every day for a year. Times a day. Were they usually one-on-one oh -on -one meetings or like events? Nope. Or? These were like events. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So. what? I'm more of an introvert. So that sounds, <laughs> I, I feel like I might have time for one of those a week. How, how did you keep up? Even for an extrovert though, I feel like that's yeah. a lot of energy. How did you replenish yourself after doing that so often? I would come home and this was kind of one of the, I, I feel like one of the best yet one of the darkest periods of my business mm. was that I had this goal and I knew I was going to accomplish it regardless. Like I was going to do this every day for a year or three times a day. And sometimes it wasn't, you know, um, okay, hold on. I lost you guys. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no worries. Um, sometimes it wasn't three times a day. Sometimes I only got two in, you know, or something, but, um, definitely I had this like drive to get in as many as I possibly humanly possibly could. And the fact that there's like 3,500 events a month in, in my area, like it wasn't, it wasn't hard to find the events, but yeah. like getting to them. And then I would come home at night and I would have all this client work to do because I was still running my business. It wasn't like that was my full-time job. Sure. And I would like come home, go in my office. My husband would literally make dinner, bring it into my office, put it on a plate on my desk. I would eat while I was working. And I would work till like midnight, one o'clock, and then I would get up and do it all over again. And so that year, like we hardly saw each other essentially. Um, we ended up getting to a point where he was able to quit his job and come work with me. So we did that for five years. That's he worked awesome. with me for five years after that. Um, but that year was kind of, like I said, like the best because I discovered networking and I did become one of the most well-known people in my city. But then it was also the worst because I had let so many other things slide, including my health and my weight and like all these other mm -hmm. things. So it was definitely a balance year where I, I totally went, swung the pendulum, swung one direction and everything was going well, but not necessarily everything was going well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Big takeaways, positives and negatives of that year. And then I have so many other questions. <laughs> <laughs> all that. Um, the positives were de was definitely that my husband could quit his job because we had gotten to the point with income level that he actually ended up coming to work with me and running the residential side of our business because that was right before we had sold it. And I ended up just focusing on the website design. So it really freed up my time. And in him working with me, we were together more because even though we were both working a lot, we were together in the interims because he wasn't you know, at work all day, you know, so it was, it was great. And it, and we worked together for five years and I will always cherish that because he goes to work every day now and I'm like, Oh, he's not here. <laughs> um, and See, then the Ren, of, remember that, <laughs> remember that Ren, you'll miss me. So are the you, negative, are you, are you getting a job? <laughs> Don't kick me out. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you guys are funny. Um, so the negative was definitely that, um, my weight, my health, um, and just, I let a lot of things slide with my health and it's been a journey to get back. Um, and I still haven't quite gotten back to where I was before. Um, and I've discovered a lot of other things that I had problems with, but it's def it was definitely kind of like a wake up call to, to realize that you can't burn the candle at both ends. And, and yeah. I tried and it was, kind of fun for a while then you know it just catches up with you yeah so oh, ultimately do you regret that experience or do you feel like no it was totally worth you know how do you feel about it in retrospect would you recommend that someone else try it I would recommend I always recommend that people have a goal when they network and I use my extreme example because every time I do something it's extreme <laughs> and uh, I've done many experiments since then and they've all been extreme um, but I always recommend that people take my example as a kind of like a, 
it well if she could do that i can do this lesser version of it or i can do this lesser mm -hmm. portion of it um and and really see that you you have to go after those kinds of goals and you have to set goals for things even just like networking you can't just go and just be like all right well i'm going oh i didn't get any clients darn it like that was a waste of time i did it for a whole year and yeah i did get some clients but a lot of those relationships ended up spurring forward the next five six seven eight nine years that I had no idea would last that long. I had no idea that those mm. people would bring me so many clients from referrals afterwards. Some people never even became clients themselves, but referred me to other people who, who had more referrals, you know, further on in, in years. And so it was definitely something I don't regret at all. Like I believe that it was the right thing for me to do, but I do want people to kind of realize from that, that you have to have a goal. And my goal wasn't to get the most clients or to win, you know, to win so many contracts or to get so much money per event or whatever. I was tracking it in. If I go to these events, can I become one of the most well-known people in my city? And one of the last events I went to that year was a tea party and it was a uh, women's tea. And they, it was like maybe 50, 45, 50 women in the room. I was one of the last people to get up and do my little introduction. Cause they let every single person do like a 30 second introduction. And I just stood up at the end and I said, please raise your hand if you don't know who I am. And one person raised their hand and I said, I'll talk to you after. And I just sat down and everyone applauded and they were laughing and they were clapping. And, and I just realized that at that point I had accomplished the goal I had set out to accomplish and I didn't have to go with that. Wow. So today, so that was 2012, right? Yeah. Today, what's your networking uh, routine? What's your regimen? Yeah. If I'm not with a client, because um, most of my clients are all day sessions, so sometimes my whole week is all day sessions. But if I'm not with a client, I fill every single day with at least one or two networking events. Most of the time one, but sometimes two, just depending on if, because sometimes you realize, if you don't think about it, you realize that there's only that event that's only gonna happen one time. And the people that are gonna be at the event, at that event are only gonna be there that one time mm -hmm. in that group. And so, yeah, they might go to an event regularly, but that group of people, that specific topic that's being talked about, that's only happening once. And so I feel I have a FOMO issue, but, <laughs> um, but I do feel like if you have the opportunity to go to something, you should definitely go. Like last night I had just gotten done with a client. I had been with her all day. I was exhausted. And there was an event I was supposed to go to in a part of town I don't like to go to. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to drive all the way over there. I couldn't find parking when I got there. It was really annoying. Turns out at the end of the event, I ended up getting a ticket, uh, purchasing the only ticket left to the retreat that's happening in September. And I met some really great people while I was there. So it turned out to be a really, really good event for me. But I was really, like, grumpy going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Sometimes usually it's the ones that you push. Yeah, it's the ones you have to push yourself to go to that you're the most grateful that you did. Absolutely. Is, is that, would you say that that is your primary, I would imagine it is, but your primary marketing avenue for your business is still just networking and just reaping the benefits of what you did all those years ago? Yes. And it's still an ongoing process. It's not like something you can set and forget. You do have to sure. keep yourself out there. And I do notice if I take a hiatus or I take a vacation that's longer, or I just, you know, get really, really busy and don't have time to network which does happen. Um, I do see the, the effects of that, you know, two, three months later. And, and then sometimes people don't realize that that's the, the slump they're seeing. Like they're like, Oh my gosh, why isn't I don't have any work? What's going on? And it's usually because they stopped networking at some point, two or three months prior. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Those sales so, exactly. Exactly. So I, I try to keep it in, in my everyday, like at least at the very minimum once a week, um, and I try to leave one day open where I don't take clients and I can actually go to a networking event. Um, and I'll actually put networking events on my calendar for like next month. If I know something's happening every first Monday or every second Tuesday mm. in the evening, I don't, I try not to take clients at those times so that I can really have that time to focus on networking and keep it rolling on a regular basis rather than have it, have that slump and have that gap in between. Sure. Yeah. So that slump is something that we definitely have experienced in our business as we've yeah. been like starting it and growing it is, and, and we very much recognize we're like, okay, we do all this marketing and all this work and like go to all these networking events and meet people and are throwing out proposals and, you know, all this stuff. Um, and then we get all this work and we're like so busy doing all the work that we aren't really networking. And then we're like, oh my gosh, we don't have enough work. So we have to go out and market. And it's this, 
you know, back and forth and up and down and up and down. And I think that's probably pretty common, especially with word of mouth. Like if your strategy is networking and word of mouth referrals, that tends to be the case. So how do you, like, what's your advice or recommendation or what's worked for you to sort of either like level out that, that or ba yeah. balance it out or. It actually ended up being a financial change. And this is something that I actually recently found out about um, this year. And I've, I've always, I've always gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, I feel like I've made it. And then I'll get a little further. I'm like, okay, no, now I've made it, you know? Yeah. But when I started with this process um, a couple months ago, it just completely changed my entire life, probably. <laughs> um, wow. And people kept telling me, you need to read this book. You need to read this book. And I was like, yeah, I don't believe that books can change your life in that way. And, and I read it and I was like, okay, I lied. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> called um, Profit First. And it's by Mike Michalowicz. It's my new favorite book ever. Mm. And there's a girl named, um, oh, let me get her name right, Amber uh, uh, Duggar, Amber Duggar. And she is one of Mike's like protege type people. And she actually created the profit first system. He has this whole system where you like separate your money into different bank accounts. And it's like this whole big deal. And it can be really overwhelming if you sit and look at it and go, oh my gosh, I don't even know how I could possibly do that. I feel like I was running to the bank every five seconds. But she actually basically adapted his system with his blessing to YNAB, which is youneedabudget.com. And it works like a dream. Like we have more cash flow and more money in our bank account to actually utilize than I feel like we've ever had in our probably my 12 years of opening this business. Wow. So what's, what's the general gist of it? It is about um, kind of the Dave Ramsey principle also is, is similar to this, but paying yourself first. And a lot of times mm. as business owners, we feel like we have to pay the bills first <clears throat> because that's what everybody else tells you. <coughs> yeah. Sorry. Hold on. <coughs> Sorry. Getting all choked up. Just talking I know. about it. <laughs> I know. So this is an emotional thing. I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, but like it's, you pay yourself first. And so a lot of with the business owner, you pay everyone else, you pay the bills, you make sure that ever the lights are on, you know, you do all those things first because that's the way business has always run. And then is the business owner, you think, well, I shouldn't be taking a paycheck because I need to pay these other things first. And his whole point is that your business expenses should not be more than 25% of your income at any stage. Hmm. And I will admit mine are not 25% because there are some things that I have used over the years and I love them and I'm not going to get rid of them because they make my life easier. But at the same time, does that mean that my prices are too low? Does that mean that my income is not commensurate with the service that I'm providing? So those yeah. kinds of questions come up with this. But I also started using it um, for our personal side of our, our budgeting as well. And that made a huge difference too. So just going through the book, going through the exercises, looking at Amber Duggar's stuff, and kind of putting the two together, it's just made a huge difference in cash flow, meaning that I don't struggle with the slumps as much because mm -hmm. there's always money in the bank and there's always money to cover money that I'm not making if I have a slump for some reason. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So it wasn't anything tactically really you did with your marketing any different. You just got a better system in place. Yes. Yes. And it was a huge financial decision to do that because you look at it and you're like, this is not going to work. Like how yeah. could this possibly like, okay, I know how to budget. I'm not like stupid. You know? sure, <laughs> like, sure. I'm, I'm not spending every dollar I earn, but when you actually start using the system, if, if you're a type A person, it'll work really well for you <laughs> because <laughs> you'll be afraid to spend your own money in some cases, which is kind of a good thing. Um, but like I, I actually, the retreat ticket that I bought, I would never have been able to just randomly spend money on a retreat like that at that price point mm -hmm. had I not had the system in place and known, yeah, there's money there for that. Like I can spend money on education. I can go yeah. to this retreat and like not even, not even blink an eye, like how much it costs. Uh, that's that's the dream for every small business owner, <laughs> new entrepreneur, just to not think about the money, just see something. Because that's the reason we all get into business, right? Is like we want to yeah. have that freedom to just that financial freedom and just the authoritative freedom to just say, I want this, I think it's going to help and I'm going to do it and just jump yep. in. That's so awesome. Well, what, let's, I'm, I'm curious to hear what is it that you're selling? What are you selling to these people? What What's your... What, I know you have the in a day series, a bunch of different yes. things. So I'm curious to hear what it is you're doing there. Mainly I do branding and websites 
and they each are done in one day. So a brand in a day or a website in a day. And I, I came up with this concept uh, about two years ago. And I know other people do like in a day stuff. Like I knew it wasn't like a completely new concept, but when I was working with web design for the last, you know, 18 years, so to speak of like that long journey of, of doing web design, everyone does it the same way. You, you have a 30 day process, you have a 60 day process or a 90 day process. And you say, okay, these are the weeks we do this. These are the weeks we do that. Everything's broken down. Everything's laid out. And it's supposed to be helpful for the business owner so that you can get the information from them quickly. Um, and in, in a time frame that's like not scary to them, like mm -hmm. you can take two weeks to get me your stuff about your branding, like fill out this questionnaire, no big deal. But what I was finding is the more I tried to use those different types of systems, the more issues I was having getting stuff from people. And I got to the point in, um, I guess it was like 20, kind of the end of 2017. Um, and I, I had this client and, and like several clients in a row and they got me their stuff on day 29 of our 30 day contract. Uh, and I was like, I have to do a site. Like they already paid. Like I can't yeah. not do a site. And I literally sat on the phone with them for like eight hours while I built the site. Like, okay, go look at it now. Okay. Okay. You don't want that color. Okay. Like go look at it now. Like just, you know, okay. Send me this, you know, like, over and over and over. <clears throat> yeah. And I realized, well, one, I can do a site in a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's the best lesson. And two, I can't do this anymore. I was only able to take two clients a month. I was um, stressing myself out the other 29 days of the month. And I was making barely any money because I couldn't take on any more clients. And a lot of people would actually end up, their, their projects would get delayed. So then I instituted fees. I was charging a hundred dollars a day for every day you went over and that wasn't helping. Like Ooh. nothing was helping. Yeah. People were just still like, they just didn't care. And so I said, you know what? I'm tired of conforming you to my timeline. Like this is my yeah. timeline. I set this up. Not yeah. you. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I can't, why don't I just change it? If you would willing to sit with me for one day, I can give you an amazing site. I can do an amazing brand for you. But the difference is instead of me and you going back and forth over email and calls 50 times in a month, and you saying, I don't have time for this. We sit down for one day. If you don't have one day for your business, come on. You have one day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. One day. So, exactly. Especially for something as important as a website. I mean, yeah. you have to have a website. If you're going to be a business, you have to have a website. It's the first you thing have people have a good website. And a good yes. one too. Yeah. Functional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Function. So, so you do, it's website in a day, brand in a day. I think I saw like social media in a day, blogging in a day. What are all the blogging in a day? Yeah. 12 months of blogging in a day, six months of social media in a day, um, email marketing campaigns in a day, which is like a drip campaign. I'll help them set up with a, mm -hmm. um, with their opt-in, but the branding in a day, someone asked me, he was like, well, I don't know if I want to pay you that much money for like a logo. And I said, it's not just a logo. It's a brand. It's different. Yeah. And he said, well, what's the difference? And I said, when I do a brand, we go through color psychology, font psychology. We go about your, we talk about your mission and your vision. And we, we extract all of that from your brain and we put it on paper. We make it look pretty. And then we build a bit, we, we create a uh, business card and then we create an ebook. And he's like, well, why would I need an ebook? And he's a, it's a nonprofit. And I said, well, I had a nonprofit that did a one sheet. And they just like designed a sheet that people could download and print out and give to their group to say, Hey, we're going to support this new mission or whatever. And then I had another one that was building a building and they had like a capital campaign going and they made this entire booklet, like a magazine mm -hmm. of all their capital campaign stuff. And I was like, an ebook can be really one page to like 10 pages or like 20 pages. And sure. once he realized all the possibilities and aspects of what an ebook could do for his nonprofit, he was like, Oh my gosh. I totally need brand in a day. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really funny. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's really interesting. That's something that we're actually, like we've kind of had a very similar journey in terms of doing websites for people and doing it on like a 60 to 90 day timeline and it just like dragging out. And then, you know, we even got to the point where we were like, well, we're, we're going to take like 25% of the total payment and break that 25% up into like, for four months after the finish date, just because we know it's not actually going to be finished. And that way we yeah, can like tweaks and, and it, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it just yeah. got to the point where we were like, this is crazy. Like it shouldn't take six months to put up a six page website. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's something we've been 
like exploring too is how could we do this in a weekend or a day or something like that so it's really interesting it's it's interesting to hear other people who are like having the same sort of thought processes and realizations as they go through their business tell us what i mean i know the answer to this but just for the just humor me what platform do you develop on well, I love on Squarespace. Oh, there we go. Uh, well, I was actually going to say, um, just to Ren's point, I actually train other designers how to do this now. Oh, perfect. Because it's helped me so much. I'm like, no, I will show you. You bring me a client and I will literally show you exactly everything I do. Like, there's no secret, but, you know, it's nice to be compensated when you do share something or something. <laughs> For sure. Um, For sure. But yeah, I, I design on Squarespace um, and I also do... Sometimes I'll do Shopify sites. I'll do big commerce sites. Um, mm-hmm. I have worked on WordPress in the past in a day. Not as, not as easy, not as fun, not as quick. Um, yeah. But it just depends on the client. It really does. I, I try to not put a platform in place um, until I've talked to them in the branding day. And I really know what they're trying to accomplish, what their main goals are. Um, you know, if they're trying to do a, a membership site, we definitely need three days, a brand, a website, and then the membership. and that's you know, and then we do it on Squarespace. So, I mean, there's yeah. just stipulations that kind of like, oh, you want a membership site? Okay, we're using Squarespace. But mm-hmm. I do try to listen to the client and see, you know, what they need before I kind of just make that determination. Tell them. Yeah, exactly. But if you could make a determination for them. You oh, I always use Squarespace. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you used to develop on WordPress. What was the transition going from WordPress to Squarespace? What made you make that transition? Where were you in your WordPress development journey at that time? So oh, I hate to say this. Uh, I used to be one of the haters. Of Squarespace. No. Yes, I did. Hang up right I'm a reformed hater. Yeah, <laughs> we're done. We're done. I'm a reformed hater. I promise I'm reformed. Um, <laughs> Born again. I have built, I've built over 40, 40 sites on Squarespace in the last two years. So, um, nice. yeah, I reformed. Um, no, I, I really, someone actually, I was doing hand coding websites, right? That was like the way in the beginning. And mm-hmm. I didn't actually start with WordPress until 2007. So oh, I was wow. hand coding all the way up to that point. Ooh. And someone was like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? You should be doing this. And it was another woman designer. And I was like, I've never known, met another woman in IT like that before. And um, I led a very sheltered life. <laughs> and so <laughs> she was like, you have to use WordPress. It's so much easier. You'll have all these things done for you. You won't have to hand code forms and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm. You know what you're talking about. You're just doing it the easy way. I'm doing it the real way. And so she's like, no, seriously, stop being an idiot and just check out WordPress. So I did. And I was like immediately in love with it. And I went through so many themes and I went through so many iterations of it and I loved it. And I ran the word camps and I've spoken at countless word camps. I still speak at word camp because I still love it. And that's the Um, WordPress like conference stuff, local conferences and stuff. Yeah. And I go to the meetups and Mm. I like, I, I'm the plugin queen. Like that's how I'm known around here. Like, (laughs) so there's like all these things about WordPress that are really great. But once I started to kind of see this transition in my business and realizing that I was forcing people into the mold that I had created um, and that wasn't working, I realized that more people needed to have more flexibility. The people that I was working with, these small businesses, these mom and pops, these one-offs, mm-hmm. um, you know, people with small teams, they needed this flexibility and this enterprise product wasn't really serving them because even though WordPress is not really an, actually an enterprise product, it technically is an enterprise product. Yeah. So it's more, you need to have coding experience. You need to have security experience. Like there's all these things that go with it. It needs a lot of care and feeding. And I realized that. And so I made this choice to kind of start looking for something that would be an alternative. And there were so many people that were like, I'm going to do a Squarespace site. I'm not going to hire you to do my WordPress site. And I was like, well, you're just being dumb because Squarespace is dumb. And then yeah. I took back all those words. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, we, we heard all the, the naysayers about Squarespace <laughs> too. And cause we, we started in 2015 and we started on Wix and moved yeah. around to a couple. Um, we did our very first website on Wix. I don't know that we, we did one website. That's true. And we're, like we're done with Wix. We quickly moved. <laughs> yeah, we're done. So. I don't know that we yeah. started on Wix. But. We, but the reason we started on Wix is because we did research and there was a lot, there's a lot out there about yeah. like why Squarespace is bad for SEO and bad for yeah. all, you know, design, blah, blah, blah. But totally agree. I mean, it, it is better than WordPress and Wix for sure. Yes, absolutely. And I, 
I have seen a lot of the merits, you know, just kind of like same thing you said, like I saw a lot of the demerits that they people had posted online. Um, and I had been a part of that camp just because that's what everybody else was saying. And I had seen some research, you know, if you want to call it research and people had put out articles that had been written in the WordPress community about why Squarespace was bad. Um, but once I actually started using it myself and realized that it was better for the clients I was working with and that SEO was a possibility, um, and that they were making strides to, you know, you know, basically pump up their SEO presence as far as giving you more options in the back end and things like that. I was like, okay, well, they're obviously working towards something. So it's not like they're ignoring everyone that's saying, Hey, we need more mm -hmm. space for keywords or we need more, you know, whatever. Um, and now that I feel like they have a really good SEO platform as far as like what's on the back end that you can do with your site. There's still some things that obviously like I would normally do on a WordPress site that I can't do with Squarespace, but it's like so few and far between. And at this point I'm pretty much of the camp that SEO is a myth anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> that is really interesting. We had a, we talked a little bit about SEO like a couple months ago. We sort of came to that same conclusion. It's, it's, I think it works for the companies that got in it 10, 20 years ago yeah. and for huge companies that have massive budgets for copywriters and keyword researchers and all that. But for small business, it's a tough, tough game. Mm -hmm. I try to tell people now, like your brand is your, is your, what you're going to rank on. You need to rank on, if your name is your brand, you're going to rank on your name. If your, yeah. um, you know, your brand, your name of your company is your brand. Like it has a, a company name, like such and such agency or whatever. That's yep. what you're going to rank on because people are going to look for you. They're not going to look for, and if they're looking for some random, a oh, wedding photographer, Jacksonville, they really don't have any idea. But if someone tells them, they say to their friend, Hey, like I did use this wedding photographer. You should check her out. And they're like, Oh, it's, you know, all about me weddings. Then I'm going to look up all about me weddings. Like it's not going to, I'm not yeah. going to find it randomly. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you got to have the deliberate keyword. Yeah, we, the case with most of our clients too. We get a lot of, uh, we, we look at our web traffic on Squarespace, the analytics, we jump in there and we get a lot of traffic people that are, I think Otis elevator employees yeah. jumping to our website looking for like <laughs> online training and then they immediately bounce back. Like that bounce rate is super high. Oh. But, no, that's funny. <laughs> we didn't really think about that when we chose <laughs> Otis as our name. Funny, someone, when we, when I was like, yeah, we're just going to call it Otis, which was a totally random, like kind of almost a lazy name because we were busy starting our business and didn't really have time to think about like names and things like that. Um, and so it was just like, well, what do you do? And that's what I'd been telling people. Like when I met someone out at a bar or something, they're like, what do you do? And you, you're like, oh, I do a freelance work with Zipma, online things and internet stuff. Right. <laughs> but when we, when we, Started, I think it was probably one of my family members and I was like, oh yeah, we're going to call it, the business is called Otis. They were like, oh, like the elevators. That's literally the first yes. time I'd ever heard about an <laughs> elevator company. Like, I guess yeah. I had noticed it, but then I started seeing it everywhere. And now everywhere I go, I'm like, Otis, 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 yeah. Otis. they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I think they make like 90% of the elevators. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. We're yeah. looking at making a page on our website, specifically tar targeting Otis employees, Otis elevator employees, see if they need a website. You should, should definitely like, hey. do that. Yeah. And then you should find the link to the training and like, and say like, Hey, but if you're not, <laughs> yeah. you're if, you here. If you really need it, here you go. I know this is probably yeah. what you're looking for. Okay. Well, I, I'm curious, what was it like at the back in early 2000 as a, a woman in coding? I would imagine you didn't have too many other women peers like doing that. No. How, what was, what was that like going through the, the education and starting your own business, all that. This is one of my favorite questions um, because I am very much not a feminist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a self-declined feminist anyway. Yeah. Um, and so when people are like, oh, you're a woman in IT and you started so far back and all this stuff, I'm, I'm, there's been many pioneers before me, by the way, just, just so you know, I'm not oh, that yeah. old. <laughs> you were the first, right? You were the, the first, first woman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but definitely I was very much outnumbered in my class. Um, my college class was like, there was four women to start and it was only a two year degree. So it wasn't like it was, you know, some crazy bachelor's degree that was going to take a long time to complete. And we started with four women. Two of them ended up just dropping completely off the face of the earth. Um, yeah. and then one of them dropped out, went to business school, 
then came back and somehow ended up graduating with us, which I have no idea how that's even possible, but she did. So it was me wow. and one other chick <laughs> that, that graduated. Um, and it was definitely a boys club, but I'm so like likable and nice that it didn't really affect me or bother me. And I never felt like I was put down or any less than, and a lot of my male teachers were like extra helpful yeah, and they would like, Hey, are you sure you're getting it? I'm like, yes, I'm getting it. They're like, all right, you are. Okay, great. Like they were always trying to make sure that I was keeping up. And when I was lagging behind, they would take a little extra time and like make sure that I wasn't falling too far behind, but try not to give me special treatment, but also at the same time, just make sure that I was keeping up with everybody else. So I've never experienced a lot of the things that I hear, you know, from other women's groups and other kind of things in the media of, women in IT and having all these hard times, like I never, I've never had that problem. And I think part of it is my perspective on it. I, even if that had ever happened to me or any of those things had ever kind of crossed my path or people had been kind of discriminatory in a way, I never noticed. Like if that ever yeah. happened, I had no clue. <laughs> I was more oblivious to it. And I feel like the perspective that I have is when I was growing up, my parents said, well, you can do anything you want. And the fact that I started mm. coding at 14 and they were like, okay, well then go do that. Yeah. I had no boundaries. There was no boundary. And, and I never let anybody put any boundaries on me. So I just kept forging ahead. And, you know, when I started my company at 20, uh, I guess like 21, 22, um, I never thought I can't make it. I never thought, oh, 80% or 90% of businesses fail after the first year. Like I never had any of those boundaries on me. Mm -hmm. So I, I just kept going. And when the recession hit and I was basically broke, but still had a business, and it was yeah. still basically putting food on the table, but that was it. I never thought I'm not going to make it. You know, I just thought I'll just mm. get a part-time job and keep going. You know, there was always some, some way to keep going. And so sure. um, definitely the education portion, or at least being a part of the community in general, in the tech community, you know, I've never really seen that. There's only been a couple of times where I've been in conversations with people at like networking events and I've been talked down to because it, I, I went to a conversation one time and this guy was like, I was like, oh, hey, what you guys talking about? And he's like, we're talking about networking. And I was like, probably not the in-person kind, right? And he's like, no, computer networking. And he was very, like, snooty about it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I said, oh, really? I said, well, what's the, what's the issue? So he started telling me what this other guy was having an issue with and how they were trying to fix it. And I said, oh, have you tried X, Y, and Z? And it was a very technical thing that I asked him. And he goes, um yes and this is the reason why that won't work and he was very just condescending like super mm. condescending and I said oh okay and I thought he kind of maybe thought that I was just throwing him some buzzwords or like that I had heard this somewhere and I was just kind of repeating it so then I went even more technical and I went deeper with him on it and I was like okay what about this and have you um has he experienced this yet and did this come up yet and did this happen and and so I was like asking all these questions and he goes well I'm sure we'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So I was like that was kind of the only right. few and only times I was like I feel like I, he doesn't want me yeah. here you know but yeah. that was the the worst thing that I ever probably have seen and it was just the condescension but, yeah you know I obviously yeah. knew what I was talking about because he knew that I knew what I was talking about sure of course <laughs> but you know it, with all the networking events you go to you're bound to run into a couple jerks here and there oh yeah oh yeah 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 oh I bet <laughs> What was, I, you know, a lot of people have been talking about like we're doing really well in the economy and it's bound to take a dip soon. And you went through as a web developer, as a small business owner, the last sort of recession dip. How did that affect your business? How would you approach this next dip differently? Um, and what, what, do you, what advice do you have? Um, everybody should read profit first. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> That's the first thing, uh, because it will change your life. And I feel like the, the next dip, I don't feel like we're going to see the same level that we've seen. Um, I, I've seen that, you know, I, I grew up in the nineties, so I'm not like, you know, I was around in the eighties, but when the, when the big boom happened with, with Reagan in the eighties and it was, everything was really, really great. And it kind of continued into the nineties. We saw some mini dips in that period, yeah. but there wasn't anything as bad as the recession prior to Reagan's, you know, presidency. And so until 08 and 09 and things like that. So, um, I feel like there's going to be these little mini dips. And I also want to kind of put this out there that people should not be scared of this. Mm. This is the economy that we live in. 
like this is the economy we have. America is very specific with you know being capitalist, and things will happen, ebb and flow of demand and and um, you know supply. And so the only thing we have to do is learn to adapt. We can't look at the economy and go, oh my gosh, the next dip is coming. I have to hold on to everything that I own and not let it go. And kind of like you're preparing for an earthquake. You know, you just you can't you don't want everything to fall off the walls, and so you tape everything down, you nail everything down, and you're just like, all right, we're here. When's it coming? You know? Yeah. And, and, I bet California just, people right now are wishing <laughs> they did that though. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Like yeah. you live in fear of it almost. And I just never mm. um, you know, I didn't know that the recession was really a recession until somebody was like, This is the worst economy we've ever seen. And I was like, wait, it is? I thought it was just a really bad business year. <laughs> I thought I was just doing really crappy. Like I thought it was all my fault. Um, and so now I kind of watch things and I pay attention to things that are happening, but I don't, I don't live in fear of them. I literally just put my head down and keep going because you can survive anything as a business owner, as long as you have the cash flow management in place to actually mm. keep yourself afloat. And then also to have, <clears throat> to keep learning, you can't stop learning and adapting. Like I literally just changed the homepage of my website yesterday because somebody mm. said something to me and I was like, yes, I need that on my homepage. Like I'm changing it. There was no yeah. hesitation of, oh, should I, or SEO or, oh my gosh, I can't, or I need to call my web developer. It was just go and make the change. Yeah. So. What, what great advice. I love that. That gives me a sense of calm and peace <laughs> about whatever's upcoming. I don't know. A lot of people are talking about it. Um, but I think that's great advice. You just keep going, you know, it's going to happen no matter what. And you get into business by just jumping into it and doing it and figuring it out as you go. So, and we are coming up on an election year next year. And mm. I know that a lot of people during the um, 2016 election, that was a really bad year for us. I mean, it was not only the kind of the tail end of the recession, but it was also just an election year and people were just like literally scared. They just held on to their money. They weren't doing anything. And so, you know, this year is kind of this next six months, Mm. I feel like it's going to be a, a good time to just make the storehouses well, like fulfill the storehouses kind of for small business owners. And because that we know that that's coming, like that's a no, that's a, it's something yeah. that's going to happen. It may not be as bad as the previous years because the economy has been so good and people may not be as tight with their money because there's more to go around at this point. Mm. But I do know that that's something that happens during election years because everyone's watching and waiting to see what's going to happen. Yeah. And so, um, you know, just for people to know that, this is a little dip that's going to come like you're going to do probably really well at the end of this year, like this third and fourth quarter, like we just started third quarter. So third mm -hmm. and fourth quarter of this year, like just knock it out of the park, like but, you know, store up all the money you can save as much as you can and really get a hold of your expenses, you know, get some of your stuff, the debt paid off, things like that. And just, you know, get ready for that part of it. But just keep moving forward. Don't just sit like everyone else is going to try and sit on things. Just keep doing the things you're supposed to be doing. Great advice. Great advice. I love that. Well, tell hey. us, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, tell us about your Squarespace conference. I know. That's what I, was, I was about to ask. Oh my gosh. It's so scary. <laughs> I bet you, you threw a huge thousand pound gorilla on your shoulders getting that. That's, this is going to be, that's a big well, project. Yeah, and let's give some context. Like Squarespace has, ne correct me, but Squarespace has never done a conference like this before. Like they've never not done like one themselves. Not like this. No, they And you are not an employee of Squarespace, right? No, I'm not. This is all me. No, it's, it's me and some other people who are very awesome. Um, but no, they've never done anything this big. Mm. So I'm used to doing conferences with like 200 plus people. That's my main, that's like my minimum. Yeah. Um, and I know that I can bring that here. I mean, I literally counted up the other day. I'm going to bring 20 people to the conference myself. So nice. <laughs> like, yeah. I've already got like 20 attendees. So we're good there. Um, but I know that they've done a couple of things on the West Coast. Um, and they said that their biggest and best conference so far was like 50 people. And I was like, blow it out of the Yay! water. <laughs> yeah. That's good for you. Like, yeah. Hooray. I've had like uh, meetup events that have been 50 people. So <laughs> um, I was like, okay, we can do better than this guys. Like we can pump this up a little bit and yeah. it is going to be in Florida. It's going to be in the spring, probably like March, April timeframe. And I have an awesome team, which will be revealed soon, but well, you can say you're on the team if you want. <laughs> I'm on the team. 
<laughs> and uh, so I've got all these people that kind of came to me and I started having this like college group project fear creep in like, oh my gosh, all these people want to help me. Are they going to be me like good? Are they going to like flake out on me? Because that's always like a huge fear with me because I'm sure. so type A. And all the people that came to me are really type A and I was so happy. <laughs> good. So I feel like I've got this really good core group together to work on this and I want it to really be, if you've ever been to a WordCamp, I want it to be like that. I think their model is perfect. I think they've done an amazing job of how they set everything up and how they run them. Cause I've run several of them through Word, WordPress before. And I'm like, if the wheel, you know, is it broken, we're not going to reinvent no. it and fix it. Like we're just exactly. going to use the same wheel, um, different platforms, same wheel. And, uh, I, we're going, we're moving forward and Squarespace is currently not on board as of today, July. Uh, nine. As of today, <laughs> as of today, they're we'll not officially on board, but not they're not officially. opposing what you're doing either. No, they're not uh, mad at me for doing it, but they're not like, "Hey, here's some money, go have fun." Okay, well, for some of us who haven't been to a Word Camp uh, conference, what what what's sort of the flow of it? What does it look like? It is awesome. Uh, it usually starts with um, so a little bit of networking in the morning, a keynote speech. And then two to three tracks of breakout sessions, um, a user track, a business track, and a developer track. We okay. may not be that big the first year. I'm looking at probably doing a user and a develop or a user and a business track just because I feel like that's more of our clientele at the moment. Yeah. And then as we get more data, we can obviously expand. But then after you do that, there's like a lunch and then there's more um, breakouts in their tracks. And then there's closing remarks. Usually there's some kind of after party, which I've thrown some many, many, many good ones. Um, um, and there's also a speaker dinner, usually the night before. And then there's usually some kind of like hands-on day, um, you know, in that, like a second day, either before or after, like a Friday or a Sunday. Usually those conferences are on a Saturday. And then it's, it's a little bit more of those two tracks, but sometimes they're a little more hands-on. They're longer. Sometimes they're like beginner you know, like 101 type stuff. Sometimes sure. more advanced, just depends. So we're kind of looking to do something similar to that. And um, it's probably going to be a, a location that has also a separate room that we can have for like a lab. And what they call theirs at WordCamp is a happiness bar, which we cannot steal. So I have to think of something else. Um, but it's basically where um, people who are really advanced in the system can come in and just sit and kind of wait for somebody who needs help. And people who need help can come in and say, hey, I need help with this plugin or I need help with this code or I have a problem with this theme. And you can just basically help them figure it out. Because most people in this arena, especially Squarespace, have like mm -hmm. this jump in and figure it out kind of tactic. It's not like yeah. you have to know everything before you can help somebody. I love that. Awesome. That sounds so beneficial and so needed, I think, for the Squarespace community. Just more of these in-person events is really, really needed. So thank you for putting that on and taking that on your shoulders. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And we're hoping it's, it's kind of like part of my, my dream for this first conference, but I'm hoping that we can have a live stream as well for people who are international or who can't make it. That would it. be great. Um, but that's like, a very big logistical hurdle to get over. So that's like, okay, we got to figure out how we're going to do it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but definitely, you know, having the in-person event, I know that there's so many people here locally that have said, you know, Oh, I use Squarespace and my five friends use Squarespace for their websites. And so mm -hmm. I feel like the community is so vast. We have just no idea how many people are actually using the platform locally, not only locally, but just in general, because not everyone's on the Facebook group or not everyone is in circle or no, whatever. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people that are kind of like these silent users that nobody really is like paying attention to. So I hope we'll kind of grab up some of them. That would be fantastic. Yeah. So when is, do you have a date set, like set for sure? Or is it tentative? It's tentative for April. Um, it'd be end of April. I have two locations that I'm waiting on some logistical information and pricing information for. So um, this will be completely a nonprofit camp, but it will cost something so that we can provide a swag bag and have t-shirts and do the live stream because all those things will cost us money. And of course the venue and all that stuff. Um, we are looking for sponsorships as well. So anybody who has anything to do with Squarespace or just would like to sponsor, we're going to be putting that information up on the website we have, which will be coming soon. So there's all these mini pieces in the works. Um, we'll be calling for speakers. We'll be doing um, tickets for attendees. 
but it'll all the proceeds, everything will go back into the camp so that the camp will be the best that it can be. Like when you go and you attend in person, it'll be like the best food. And you'll, you know, not that we're going to go over the top, like five course meal or anything, but just like good, good stuff three that courses. I know is going to be great. Yes. Well, three. That'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but like, I want it to be really, really good. And I'm kind of picking all the best pieces from all the word camps I've done and all the things that I've seen and putting all the best parts together. Mm. Well, that's I love that. Exciting. And we will, I'm thinking be attending, right? Well, like, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, de- we'll we definitely be family attending. Decision? Yeah, we will be attending. Family happy. decision made. Done. Yeah. So we're, awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. Um, okay. A couple of questions to wrap up. I was going to ask yes. you like what book you would recommend to people to read, but I feel like I, I know what yeah, it's going to be. Prophet First, Michael Callowitz. It's brought to you by Prophet First. <laughs> Um, and Mike, if you're okay. listening, you, you, this is a good one to sponsor. You should totally do it. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so another question that we ask people sometimes is, what is one piece of advice, or what's one thing that you tell entrepreneurs that they should do every single day if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner? Every single day. Hmm. There so is three only marketing one... events or three networking events. Yeah. Like... Every single <laughs> day. Not, every, every no, day. not for everybody. It's not for Ooh. everyone. Trust me. Um. Actually, there's only one thing that I do every single day, and there's one thing that I do a couple of times a week. So, and that's just me. Um, if you're like an exercisey kind of person, you should definitely exercise every day <laughs> because it does yeah. really help with mental clarity. Um, I go to a bar class twice a week, and those are definitely my two most productive days. I can tell you. Mm. Uh, and it's only an hour. It only costs me like ten dollars to go, but I. It's like the $10 is worth it to give me mental clarity for the day. Um, And then the thing that I actually do every day uh, in the morning is I do check emails, uh, but I actually started using a ticket system for my current clients. And I tell my clients, I train them when I, when I first sign them up, I say, look, I will help you for X amount of hours per month. And you're going to pay this much per month and da, 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 da. And I will, you are my priority because you're paying me and some, uh, someone who's randomly calling me for whatever reason, they're not paying me. And so I make them put in tickets. If they put in a ticket, they will get responded to, you know, I check them every single morning. If they send me an email, I may not see it for three days because I don't go through my emails that closely every Mm -hmm. single day. And so that was one of the best things I did was implement that system. And it's a free system called Freshdesk. And you can have um, one to two um, people on there for free that are managing the tickets. And I just tell, I just had to train them. And if somebody sends me an email, I send them an email back that says, thanks for Mm. your reply. Uh, Please use this link for your request instead. And then I just don't respond to them if they try and like respond. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no, I'm training you. This is training. This is what Um, you need to do. So, so that's been something that I, that was huge for me to kind of corral the people who are important and put them all in a bucket and be like, I will take care of this bucket every day. Um, and then of course the exercise thing, because I believe that's, that's really important for mental clarity. Take care of your clients every day. That's take care of your body. Take care of your client. Body clients. Yes. In that order. Yes, actually. Yes. I go to, I go to my 6am bar class. (laughs) (laughs) 6 a.m., yeah. Early riser. Oh, my no gosh. No one will go with me. It's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would imagine it's probably just you and the bar instructor in there. Just Actually, bar. you'd be surprised. Right before 4th of July, I think everybody had, like, off, and there was, like, 14 people in there. It was, like, the hottest class I've ever been <laughs> Oh, I can imagine. I was like, it's so hot in here. But, yeah, usually it's me and, like, me and two other people and then the bar instructor. <laughs> nice. Good good head start on your day. If you can make wake up and get over there. That's the best way to do it for sure. Yes. I literally roll out of bed and just like pull clothes on, get in the car. Somehow I get there and drive over. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I feel like, well, do you have any final questions? You you asked our good last two questions. I feel like we could sign off here. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us and talking to us and telling us your story and all your words of wisdom. This was fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. And, um, you know, I can come back anytime. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. We, what we didn't get into that I think we'll talk about next time is what it's like to work with your spouse every day. Oh, yes. When you're not working at an office because it's a different dynamic, I think. But 
I will see if I can get him uh, in on the conversation. Yeah, we could do all four of them. Like a a double double date podcast. Yeah, that would be awesome. (laughs) Valentine's Day, anyone? There we go. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much, Elizabeth. We really appreciate you. you. Thank you for having me. And it's elizabethpampalone.com, by the way, just in case you're wondering. There we go. (laughs) That was my other question. Where can people, if people want to get in touch with you, is your website the best thing, social media? Where can people find you? I am currently not on social media, another extreme experiment of mine. Uh, I don't even you. have Facebook on my phone anymore. Good for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually, my website is my best way to get in communication with me. And also I am all over the place as far as Facebook groups. I do go on there um, a couple times a day through my computer and I just answer tons of questions. So if you want some free advice, go in a Facebook group that like a Squarespace Facebook group, I'm probably in there and I'll probably answer your question. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. 